the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us. And if you have a car question, we have only one line that's taken. So we have three lines or four lines that are open. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We're going to go to Jim real quick because he's first and he's been waiting. Jim, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Good morning. I have a... Um... Good morning. I have a 2000 Dodge diesel and a 2012 uh, Honda Accord. I'm going to be out of the country for about six months. I'm wondering how I can best store these vehicles. They won't be driven. Oh, piece of cake. <clears throat> piece of cake. Um, you're going to take it down. You're going to drive them till they're warm and go in and have an oil change done. And you're going to oh. instruct them to um, air up all the tires to the maximum inflation written on the side of the tire. And then you're going to stop at the gas station on your way home and fill it up with fuel, and you're going to pull it into the garage, and you've got fresh oil, fresh fluid or fuel, and you've got um, uh, the tires at maximum inflation. You don't have to disconnect the batteries. You can or not, but if you disconnect the battery, you're going to have to reset all your radio stations and your seat recalls and all that stuff. So <laughs> if I were you, I'd skip that. that and but just <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Um, Excuse me for coughing. Several there. years ago, um, I called you I, I, about. Sh- I called you about a um, why pickups have uh, the shocks pointing one forward and one rear. Do you and you you were going to meet with a GM group, and I never did get back to you to find out what what they concluded. You know, I, I I frankly remember that conversation really well. You do, but I don't. <laughs> Amazing. I I I don't re, I don't remember what the answer was, but I'll tell you what I think it is now. Okay. That, that differential is secured forward and backward by the trailing arms, so there's no way that the right front's going to move forward or backward unless the bushings are out of it or the other one is. I think it has to do with just where could we put those on there. I don't know okay. if you're better suited by, you know, one vertically facing the back and one vertically facing the front or whatever, but I think it's a matter of where's the dual exhaust, where's the fuel tank, where's the cover for the fuel tank, and all that other jazz that goes on. As the car makers, each one of the engineers fights for every square centimeter they get. So when they came out with computers and all of a sudden we need this big iPad underneath the dash, all hell broke loose because everybody goes, well, who's going to give that up? And the windshield wiper motor guy says, well, maybe I can make a smaller one of that. So, But anyway, I, I, I do remember that conversation, and I do remember thinking about that, 
but I must confess I don't remember if I ever did anything about that. But that's we just had a car where we had that same is- issue, and and it was brought to our attention that that was a space thing. We made this change based on we need space, and I said okay. Huh. So, and I don't think there's any difference in the in the, whether they're both to the back or the front because if you look at the older model trucks, they both came from the, you know, they both pointed backwards. They went went from the bottom of the rear axle backwards, and they didn't have any different tire wear than the newer model trucks do, and they don't have any better better or worse load capabilities either so anyway that's it okay are you set well you know i i always concede to your wisdom you're i'm one of those guys that need professional help because i always agree with what you say so (laughs) thank you very much well um hold on hold on a minute we have it we have dissension here what (laughs) i said oh yeah you do need help (laughs) i know your wife is there and she's saying yeah this guy's Yeah. Well, yep. you, you have to you have to understand one thing. Number one, I took this button right here and I go, and now she can't talk anymore. And I'll tell you that she she's been drinking all morning long, so that explains her behavior. Is that good enough? Well, <laughs> coffee doesn't count. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Now, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jim, very much. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And did. Uh, uh, okay, Kirk. Okay, we're going to take Kirk because he is our next caller. And by the way, the lines are open, 602-508-0960. But, Kurt, you have my full attention. I got an old Ranger or an old uh, Forerunner, and the tail end is sideways. When you look to or sideways, tilted, you look at the rear bumper, and it's uh, one side of it is much lower than the other. It seems to be a typical problem on a lot of older vehicles, or at least the old vehicles, I see that a lot. What's the cause of that? Well, it's a matter of measuring. It's a matter of, of lifting up one side and seeing what the droop and the and the collapsed height is. And on the other side, th- this isn't really a, a tough thing. I mean, most guys could look at it. What Does it have leaf springs or coil springs on the back end? Coil. Okay. And are, is they usually sit in a rubber saddle. Are the rubber saddles on both sides, or is one of them missing a rubber? I believe they were both there. Okay. Well, the shock absorbers don't have anything to do with it, so if you've got leaf springs or if you've got coil springs and you've got a sag, then you need to check both front and back because, as you can imagine, if the right front drops, the left rear comes up. And if the left rear comes up, then it looks like the right rear is lower because of a diagonal movement of the car. So it's just you have a ride height issue, and really and truly any senior guy with a little bit of gray nose hairs is going to be able to look at that thing and in 15 or 20 minutes come up with something that, you know, they'll know what's wrong with it. So that's that's not a hard one. I understand what you're saying. What you're saying is is the ride height is different, and that's how the body sits on the ground, you know, the, the, the distance from the body on the ground. That's a critical thing on the newer model cars, on the on the old ones that you talk about. Um, it wasn't real critical, or at least we didn't know it was critical back then, but today the newer model cars, ride height is very important. So, oh, Now, what part of town oh. do you live in? Chamber. Okay. Um um, the closest shop to Chandler is me, so if you if you want, um, I'm I'm quite sure my guys could could answer your question and and I'll, and I'll make this offer to you. You call call and make an appointment. Tell them you want them to, you got a sag and you wanted to look at it, and they'll let you go back into the shop with them, 
And as long as you don't yak the technician to, you know, for an hour and only want to pay for five minutes, then, then that I'll be happy. But you can go back into the shop and they'll show you what it is. And if you want to walk back there and watch him diagnose it, you can do that too. We don't care. Great. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for calling. 602-508-0960. And um, I, I just, okay, Tom is my next caller, but hold on just a minute. You can queue him up, but I've got to do ride height um, issue, and I forgot to write that down, and if I don't do it right now, I'll forget it. Okay, Tom, you got my full attention. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Hey, um, I, my neighbor um, keeps having trouble with his van, and I don't know. I gave him your uh, uh, information this morning, but I don't think he called you. But he keeps having trouble. He'll, uh, especially as it's gotten hot again, it uh, it'll be driving along, and then it just will die on him and won't restart for like maybe 20 minutes to half an hour. Sounds like a vapor lock. Uh, is there any way to diagnose whether that's really a vapor lock or not? And what would it take to fix something like that? Well, we've um, we've jumped we've jumped the gun here just a little bit because um, it's it's not. Is that you or me? Uh, might be me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, it it um, is it a fuel injected vehicle or is it a carbureted vehicle? Yeah, it's a 2000 uh, Chevy Vans. It has a Vortex engine, so it's fuel injected, yeah. Okay. Well, fuel under pressure doesn't uh, vapor lock. So um, when we have a pump in the tank and we're shoving f- uh, gasoline forward at 45 miles an hour, that eliminated vapor lock for the rest of our lives. So there's a, you can run the gas line around the tailpipe if that's what you want, but fuel under pressure doesn't vaporize. So the fuel, this this idea of vapor locking on a fuel injected car is just not there. the The question is, is you said something about hot. Does the car have to be hot? Is it, are we looking at the temperature gauge, or are you saying that the, when the motor's warmed up? Uh, just, kind of just normal running. It, okay. uh, seems, it seems to do it. Okay. I did it again for the other day, and. Uh, um, then it won't do it for a good bit, and then every once in a while it will do it. And I just didn't okay. know what there might be. Okay. Um, well, here, here's here's what I would say if I was talking to him. I would say to him, we have to determine if it's fuel or spark, because it could be either one. So we have to somehow or another teach him how to tell us what it is. So I would give him an old spark plug, and I'd put a bunch of dielectric grease on one of the boots, and I would teach him how to pull the boot and stick the spark plug in and set it over here and reach through the driver's window and look underneath the hood and watch it and crank it over. Oh, it's got spark. Snap, 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 snap. And you can hear it, and you can see it, and you go, okay, I got spark. Then I would say, okay, go over here to the air filter box and open up the air filter box, pull the air filter out, and spray 10 seconds of carb spray in that mouth there and then put the air filter back on put the lid and if the car starts runs and dies then you have identified for me that it's a fuel starvation problem so obviously we're going to hook we're going to replace the fuel filter first you can do that now anyway but we want to take the fuel filter out we want to put it to our lips and we want to blow hard through it we want to have a new fuel filter in our other hand and we're going to blow hard through it the new fuel filter is going to blow through like a straw and the old filter, if it's plugged up, it's going to be like Louis Armstrong. Your cheeks are going to buff out, and you can't blow through the filter. 
So they have, and then if if it happens more regularly, then he can rent a fuel pressure gauge, and we can attach that to the outside of his windshield, and he can monitor the fuel pressure. And then if he says, "Hey, when it dies, it gets below 35 pounds," and when I cycle the key to start it, it doesn't get up above 35 pounds, and if I wait 20 minutes and I hit the key, then it pops right up to 55 pounds, and the car starts. Well, he's diagnosed the the pump and the check valve being bad. So those are the kinds of things that we have to do, but VaporLock's not going to be one of them if it's got the Vortec motor in it. All righty. Thank you, Tom, very much for being kind enough to call on your neighbor's uh, vehicle. Automatic Transmission Exchange has been in Phoenix since 1968. Phil and his staff are transmission diagnostic experts. They do everything from overhauls to small repairs, small oil leaks, harsh shifting up, down or it goes into neutral first thing in the morning they're capable of all of that kind of stuff plus they'll drive with you if you've learned how to make it happen then they'll certainly hop in your car to you to demonstrate it but you can't take them to lake pleasant and hope that it's going to happen on the trip up or down and you laugh but phil told me somebody took him to i know canyon i remember lake, that yeah to canyon lake he's <laughs> he's at 40th street in washington the guy picked him up and said well the, it happens when the boat's on the back and phil says the next thing i know we're heading east on apache boulevard going to canyon <laughs> lake <laughs> and then they argued about whether the symptoms match the repair and yeah. he takes phil along to to tell him yeah. and it turns out phil says this isn't an engine problem or a transmission problem this is an engine problem right. so they argued and then he phil said if you don't take me back I'm going to call the police and say, you kidnapped me. And the guy finally took him back. (laughs) Anyway, that's Phil. He's a good guy, and he knows everything about transmissions. So if you're in Phoenix and anywhere near central Phoenix, then Automatic Transmission Exchange is located at 40th Street in Washington. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. We'll be back. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. There's no question you want the best education for your child. It's an integral part of a bright future. A private Christian school provides more one-on-one attention, the structured learning and Christ-based values you want for your child. But if you didn't think you could afford it, 960 The Patriot presents Half Off Tuition. Now is your opportunity to enroll your child at a local private Christian school for half off. We've partnered with some of the top Christian schools in the Valley to offer a limited number of half off tuition vouchers. Imagine smaller class sizes, better grades, an inspiring Christian environment where the achievements are positively outstanding. 
For details and a complete list of schools involved, go to 960thepatriot.com. A values-based Christian education has never been more affordable. Click now and get your half-off tuition voucher before it's gone. Only one or two vouchers per school available. And if you don't see the school you're interested in, let us know and we can try to work with that school. That's 960thepatriot.com. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T. F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately, because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs, face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number seven. Not only is the app the best place to listen to your favorite Patriot shows and podcasts, but look out for special contests, giveaways, and even scratch games right at your fingertips. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information. Welcome back, everybody. It's 20 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We're going to go till noon. Every Saturday, we're here from 10 to noon talking about car, car repair problems. Well, let me tell you about one of the best diagnosticians I know in the Valley, and that's Bob at Larry Harker's Auto Repair. He's at 38th Avenue and Indian School. Ellen runs the front. Bob runs the back. And between the two of them, they do a really great job working on cars. But Bob, he doesn't like to admit it. But he really likes to hear this sentence. I've had my car to everybody in town and nobody can fix dot, 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 dot. That's like waving the red flag in front of a bull because he'll fix it. There's been times I've sent people to him and he's fixed it when no one else could. So as far as the west side of town is concerned, you're talking 38th Avenue and Indian School. That's Larry Harker's Auto Repair. They have the equipment. They have the knowledge. They have the tenacity. And they do both foreign and domestic vehicles. Larry Harker's Auto. Let's go to the phones. Jerry. Jerry, thank you very much for calling. How can I help you? Hello, Mark. I'm working on a clock spring on a 2002 Dodge Intrepid. I've got it all apart, and I'm putting it all back together again. When you install it again, it says the... Uh, drive pin is rotated 180 degrees from center. So you can't get the steering wheel back on with the new clock spring installed because the drive pin is 180 degrees off from where it should be on your steering wheel. And the wire connections have to be, again, 180 degrees from where they are. So um, my brain isn't wrapped around how do I rotate the whole thing. Okay, I I know exactly what you're talking about, um, okay. and the steering wheels the steering wheel hasn't changed since you took the steering wheel off to replace the clock spring. That's correct. There's an indent on the steering wheel and on the on the uh, drive shaft for the steering wheel, so the steering wheel can only go back together one way. I understand. I understand. Okay. 
So instead of having a complete spine all the way around, it's got a flat spot on the spine and on the steering wheel, so you have to put the steering wheel back in the same position. Exactly. I, I, I think, I don't, I don't know, I, I'm fixing this through your eyes, but I, the first thing I would do is, is I would call, you probably bought the, the clock spring from the dealer, yes? Uh, no, I bought it online. Okay. <sighs> um, I guess you bought it in the box, so I would get on the website for the manufacturer and I would go into their application area and make absolutely sure that you got the right clock spring. You're right, the steering wheel can't go anyplace but one. And you're right, the wiring harness has to be here, and then we have this, this sensor that tells us where the steering angle is. And you, what year was this, this car, the vehicle? It's a 2002. Okay. When I disassembled it, the drive comes in the correct position for the steering wheel. The old one was? Correct. Okay. And well, that, the, I... And on the, I understand okay. what you're saying. I understand what you're okay. saying. But what you're saying is, is the clock spring is is horizontal on the bottom, and the clock spring, the housing needs to be horizontal on the top. And Correct. and so your your pin's 180 degrees off. And the only thing I can tell you is, is I think I'm 80 percent sure you got the wrong part. So there okay. there's there's no fix for that. There's no shortcut for that. I'm just thinking you got the wrong part. So just go back into the application, but don't go where you came from. Go someplace else, maybe to the manufacturer's website, and see if you can do that again. If not, call the 800 number tomorrow morning and, or Monday morning and ask them ask them to identify and just have your VIN with you because the VIN will tell – they're going to want the VIN to, to see what it is. Now, that's assuming that, of course, your car hasn't ever been wrecked and somebody hasn't put a different steering column in there. And if that's the case, that's still not something that's insurmountable. Good parts people can figure that out in a heartbeat. So okay. that's that's what I would do. But I, I don't have an answer for you on how you can turn that 180 degrees because you can't. Like you said, the harness is going to prevent that. Okay. All right. Good luck to you. Thank Hopefully you, Jerry. Hopefully he has another car to drive this weekend. Well, no, he could take the clock spring out oh, okay. and, and drive it with, no, it's going to have an airbag light on it. Oh, gotcha. But he can still drive it. <laughs> okay. And, oh, God, why? That would be bad. He didn't say I anything can, about a wife. He didn't say anything about I'm her, just her car. I thinking, yeah, well, maybe it is. Okay, all right. She needs it okay. to go to Nordstrom. <laughs> yeah, or Goodwill, which is where you <laughs> hang out. Anyway, Harold, you're up next. Harold, how can I help you? Yeah, thanks, Mark. I recently acquired a 65 Mustang with a 289 C4 transmission in it. It's a blue dot transmission. I was wondering, what type of transmission fluid would you recommend in that C4, that old C4? <sighs> You know, um, that's best ask of the guy who built it, but you probably don't have that information available, do you? No, I don't. I'm okay. Sorry. All right. Um, I don't know I'm if gonna, any of these guys are open on the weekend. Or I would call Automatic Transmission Exchange and ask for Phil, and he gets out of there kind of early in the morning, so you, you get early and call him and ask him that question. He's better suited than I. The, let's first talk about this. First, you only have two choices. You have Type F or a synthetic. Yep. That's it. Right. That's the only two choices you got. The question is, is there a downside to stepping up and retrofitting that transmission with a synthetic fluid? And I think the answer is no, because there's no way we're going to put 65 clutches in a car in 2018. So the clutches have been redesigned. They, they're different than they were in, two, in 65. There's no question. So I don't think you can go wrong either way, but if I had my druthers and if you're going to hot rod that or if you've got a, a son that's going to hot rod that or if your wife hot rods that, I'd put some <laughs> that in it. That's what I'd put. 
Okay. And a, dex- a, a dextron, a dextron mercon would be what you'd be looking okay. for. All righty. Very good. Thank you very much. You, you betcha. You betcha. 602 Jim, you're up. How can I help you? Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have two quick questions about the same vehicle. I have a uh, 2006 Ford Ranger pickup with uh, the 4-liter V6 engine. Okay. And the first question is, uh, I, I have an intermittent problem with the cruise control. Sometimes it'll work okay. Sometimes it'll work, and then after three or four or five miles, it'll just shut off. Okay. And kind of a an important symptom of that is when it when it disengages, there's a clunking sound under the dash down somewhere around the steering column. Okay. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to drive your vehicle and hook your left foot underneath behind the brake pedal and pull it towards you and drive it and see if that fixes it. And then you let go of the pedal gently, and then a mile later it cancels the cruise control because the canceling on the cruise control is done by the brake light switch. And so I just want to make sure the brake light switch is, is appropriately adjusted. So if you hook your foot behind it and pull it upwards and the cruise control stays locked for a long period of time, then I've just saved you $35 um, worth of diagnostic fee, unless, of course, it was me, and it would be like $235. Oh, gosh. So, so basically, then, then the the switch might be out of position or something like that. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. That's the hmm. the most common place you have, and that's the first place you should look. And I just described to you how to do it. Okay. Well, great. Um, my second question, again, about the same vehicle, and, and I know you get a lot of calls about oil, oil changes and things like that, but I've never really heard on uh, oil change interval on a vehicle that I see. I don't drive this truck very often. I put maybe. Okay. 2,500 or 3,000 miles a year on it. Okay. So with, with that light usage, what uh, should I still change oil about once a year? Yeah, yeah. I would change it in April or May every year and just use a conventional oil. There's no sense in, in spending any big bucks for the fancy oils. Just use a conventional oil, change it April or May, drive your year, and then do it April, May again. That's certainly acceptable. That falls within it, all the parameters. And I have some extra special training on oil, so I can assure you that Valvoline and Chevron are probably going to agree with what I say. So, anyway, thank you very much for the call. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. Everybody waits till the last half hour of the show. But that's okay. I expect that. That's why my wife's sitting here. She's going to help me with your hard questions. <laughs> sure. <laughs> anyway, 602-508-0960. I'm Mark. She's Renee. We're the Salems. And every Saturday, 10 to noon, we're here talking about car repair issues. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Benz. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. 
The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Arizona Army National Guard. Aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum. Heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, author and Iran expert Kenneth Timmerman will explain the current situation about Iran's atomic weapons program, its threat to Israel and the rest of the world, and Israel's response. Middle East Radio Forum, a show you do not want to miss. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine, and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if your day's routine is disrupted, and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. Get out to the forest. <laughs> And discover the wonders of nature with your family, just like Blue, Jewel, and the whole Rio flock. Let the kids connect to their roots. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah! Let's rock this jungle! Fresh air. What a glorious morning! Clean water. Woohoo! This is great! And endless surprises. Yo, this is untapped territory. How amazing! (laughs) Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hugh Hewitt in the morning to Larry Elder at night with the best live show in the Valley at 3 p.m. with Seth and Chris. The only conservative station in the Valley. 960 The Patriot. Hashtag I'm with the Patriot. Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you. 960 The Patriot and 960thepatriot.com. All about that demon, all the movie. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. And let me tell you real quick about SNS Tire Auto Service. For those of you on the west side, for those of you that um, want to do pretty much all your shopping on the west side, I want to tell you that SNS has three locations Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. They have the huge and a very comprehensive line of tires and many different brands and the same size of many of those brands. So you can stop by and say, take a look at my tire size and give me three prices, good, better, best, and they can pull that off. And you can write your check before you say okay on the tires, and that's how much it'll be. But they've got tires from wheelbarrows to tractors and everything in between, but they can balance your tires. They do alignments and suspension work, and it's always best to have the person that's going to look at the tires and read the wear patterns 
they're the ones that should do the work to fix it. So you 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 must have the person who's going to look at it and the person that's going to fix it. They should be the same. It's in your best interest for them to be the same. So S&S, again, Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear, three good places to go. Um, re- real quick, let me tell you about pricing something. I, I, I don't do this very often, so I'm going to make it as quick as I can. I quote pricing, and how I quote pricing is, is I kind of know what I charge, and so pretend, just pretend with me, that we charge $100. Well, what I do is, is I open that up to 75 to 125 and the reason I open it up is to cover all the guys in the in the industry. You can't go by my pricing on the telephone, but at least I'm going to be in the range. So no matter what the pricing is, I pretty much know I'm in the middle or at the 50 or 60% mark. So I just take whatever I charge, and then we bracket it. Now, there was an argument between my daughter and I earlier today. About, I had said that a flush of your transmission service is a, is a little bit more expensive than just pulling the filter and changing the fluid. So she called me on it. But, Andy, I want to tell you something. The The price sheet I have in front of me that you built for me, the most current one you have is June 22nd of 2016. And, and when I look up transmission service, the range is 110 to 210. And obviously that depends on the filter. But if you flush it, then it's between 147 and 160. So the 110 to 210, and the average is 150, and the other one is 140, 150 to 160, it's about the same. So I made a mistake when I say the transmission service and the transmission flush, and the service we do the pan, three quarts of oil, and the filter, and the flushes, we don't do anything but change the filter, or the fluid, I should say. Those are about the same price. But again, they're going to be in the vicinity of somewhere between 150 and $200, depending on the shop that you go to. All right, let's go to the Keith. Keith, good morning. Thank you for holding. What can I do for you? Good, good morning, sir. I have a 2006 Dodge Dakota. Um, it's got a fairly new a fan clutch on it, but when I start the truck, it always runs about 1,200 RPMs for only about 60 seconds, drops down to what I think is a little low, down to about 750 RPMs. Now, it has stalled on me several times since it's been new, uh, and that's, nobody's ever been able to really dictate why or tell me why that is. But the, the real problem is, as soon as I start it, it seems like that fan clutch is always engaged for about the first four or five miles I'm driving, and then it shuts off. I don't know that I would, I would bother with that. I, I, don't know, I don't know why there's harm. We don't know how it was cl- shut off when you start you shut it off that night so we don't know how what it saw last and as long as it comes on and then it goes off i think that they should install that on every fan clutch because that's kind of a on off switch hey mark my fan clutch hasn't locked up in the morning for a long time and so that's kind of how it works so i don't know that the fan clutch is a real big deal is the 750 RPM that's uh, that's bothering you? Is that in in a load gear? Is that in in reverse or drive, or, or is that in neutral? That's in drive several times, and, and again, it can be right away. Uh, and it happens only a few times a year, but it can be right away, or it could be I've been driving for three hours and I come to a stop at a red light, and as soon as I start to go, it'll kick off. I have to restart it real quick. Okay. Well, uh, my Dodge Dually does the same thing. So, and I got 88,000 miles on it. And there's intermittently it comes on for whatever reason, and all I listen for is I want you to go off, and so it does. So I don't know when I come to a stop. I don't know if I'm especially hot. I don't know if I just came off of a big pull. I don't know how many horses I got in the trailer. I don't know all that, but 
but I'm just not I'm not sure that that's something that needs to be addressed. Um, it's two reasons. Okay. Number one, it's either locked up all the time and it's defective, or it never <laughs> locks up and you're running three quarters on your gauge. So it's there. That's the that's the you know um, light bulb on, light bulb off kind of thing. And as far as the idle okay. is concerned, if you're in 750 warm, you're, I I, th- I would think you'd be 700 plus or minus 25. So 675, maybe even 650, upwards to 750, that's fine. In drive, warmed up. We don't do any idle adjustments or changes or look at the idle when it's cold. So until it gets to operating temperature, the computer's going to control the idle and bring the idle up. As far as dying and stalling is concerned, you know, spark or fuel, it's going to be one of those two. Somebody has to figure that out. Okay? Okay. Good luck to you. You're welcome, Jim. Thank you very much. Keith, you're up next. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm writing it in the wrong place. All righty. John, you're up next. I'm sorry. How can I help you? That's okay. Hey, I don't know if you can help me, but just a, your opinion. I've got two 09 Hyundai Sonatas. One's my daughter. She graduated from college. She's going out of state to um, Utah. And she's got 160,000 miles on that car. Mine is 110. And trying to decide what, what should... She really can't afford a new car until she works for a year there. Um, what should we do to prepare her car for that terrain, that with that kind of mileage, timing belt, anything you could recommend? I'm trying to decide if I should switch cars with her since mine is lower mileage. Okay. I can answer that, but I'm going to put you on hold for just a minute because i got to take a break. But that's also going to give me a time to a little better time to just think about what's best here. The, I may tell you right off the bat that the mileages are just too close for me. I don't know if we're going to be able to answer your question, which one's best. But I have some other questions, like how far is she going to drive when she gets to school and stuff like that. And are we predominantly worried about getting her to the school? And after that, her her drives are going to be real short. Or, you know, what kind of driving is she going to do after she gets to college? At that, you stay right there. We've got open lines for anybody else, 602-508-0960. My name's Mark Salem. I'll be back in a minute. Space Age Auto Paint Store in Mesa says this upcoming Memorial Day to support our military and veterans by donating your time, clothing, and funds to organizations who help them. This message from Space Age Auto Paint Store at 707 South Country Club Drive in Mesa, serving the area since 1981. Call 480-835-0971. That's 480-835-0971 for Space Age Auto Paint Store in Mesa. America. Welcome home the brave. The brave men and women who serve their country are coming home. Home to their cities and towns. Home to their mountains and valleys. Home to their families and friends. Home to America. Some of these warriors are coming home with wounds you can see. And some with wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Wounded Warrior Project was created to provide the support these wounded veterans need to ensure their return to America is well-adjusted and successful. But we need your help to ensure that our mission is a success. Help us honor and empower these wounded warriors. Contact us at findwwp.org. America. Welcome home, the brave. I'm more resourceful than I thought. My suit can still make an impression. 
My video games are still game changers. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Now my stuff gets a second chance. And will give someone in my community a second chance too. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. That's Goodwill.org. This message brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number one. Not only is the Patriot app great for streaming our live programs, you can access all Patriot podcasts. Click on the upper left-hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Welcome back, everybody. 43 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We're going to go back to the phones real quick because I asked John to hang on. And John said he has two... I'm talking um, to the radio. Two... Uh, Sonatas that are O nines. One of them has one hundred sixty thousand miles. One of them has one hundred ten. Daughter's going to college. Which one do I send her with? Um, how long has your daughter been driving? Um, she, well, she's probably six years. Okay, and does her car look like it's been in a bumper car bumper car commission <laughs> competition? Well, she's the third child to use that car, so it's been kept outdoors at different colleges in the midwest now it's out here for okay. a couple of years so all right i don't think the the mileages does don't bother me and i'll tell you this engines that we replace 100 percent of the engines we 99 percent of the engines we replace have been damaged by the nut behind the wheel so they've overheated them to where the motor looks like a piece of burnt toast or they run it low on oil so these, both of these should go well over 200, 250,000 miles. And the beginning of the end is blue smoke. We're going to start consuming oil. Then we're going to develop internal pressure, and we're going to start having some oil leaks. And then the end of the day is going to be we have a spark plug that's fouled. You have an engine miss. They pull the plug out, and it's fouled with oil. Then the end is near. So you don't have any of those. So I think it's really just a matter of sending her to school, and it's a flip of a coin. I'm sure you probably um, serviced them pretty close to the same. And yeah, yeah, I would, very much. I, I would think that you take it to the shop and say, she's going to college, and now how far is she going to drive to college? Uh, Salt Lake. Okay. So. Five six hundred miles. She's not going to fly. It's a ten hour drive, so it's probably every bit of that. And then uh, she's not coming home driving. She's going to fly home. Okay, all right. Um, I I think I would just take it in and say, do an oil change, and I'd probably put a semi synthetic in there. That'll get her through six months. Okay. And um, I put a conventional. Then you got thirty days or ninety days, and I think you're better off with a semi synthetic. Gives you a longer interval. I think I'd take it to the shop and just say, look at everything that could cause her to break down between now and a year from now. Yeah. And, you know, look at... And the four things really is tires, belts, hoses, fluids. That's really it's all about. So if okay. she's going to break down, it's going to be a tire, it's going to be a, a belt or a hose or a fluid issue. So if you can kind of yeah. send her away that way. But... You know, really and truly, you and I can talk about it all we want, but your wife's going to make the decision anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Hey, if I end up trading in my old van in one of those two cars, will that affect the trade-in value yeah, six months from now? Or so if I if I trade in the one with higher mileage, is it really going to make a difference or, or not? I'd rather keep the low-mileage one for myself. 
Well, first of all, I'm 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 adamant that I don't ever trade anything in. Um, okay. I, I think because time and time again over all my years of this for helping my customers and my family out is, uh, you know, you can double the trade-in value. You, you have to know that on the car you're going to buy, they have what they call a pack, and that's a what if. So if you come in and your car's a piece of crap and it's worth $200, they're going to give you 2000 or 3000 and you're going to think that, you know, you're in hog heaven. But see, the pack they've got is already 2000 so they've already upped everything $2,000. So now you're going to get $2,000 for your junk car, but really and truly you're going to get the same 200 you got on the front side. So okay. I would sell it. Get your, You know what? Here's the best advice I can give you. Yeah. Guys like me and guys probably like you, we have a three-ring notebook with every maintenance thing we've ever yeah, done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the computer too. And, and yeah, you know, on the spreadsheet. And so you put it in Craigslist and you've, figure out what the going rate is and you can go to kbb.com and do a private party sale analysis and it'll tell you and they'll ask you for your zip code and it'll tell you what the cars are going for in oh, that right. area kbb.com okay yeah and you're going to look for private party sale and you're going to pretend like you're either buying or selling this thing okay mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the price is the same so i would i would do that now there is a sales tax um offset so you know if if they give you if the car's worth two thousand then at ten percent that's two hundred dollars sales tax offset, but if you sell it if they're going to give you two thousand and you sell it for three thousand, then you still made eight hundred dollars there you go <laughs> and see and then, go ahead i'm sorry well, and I don't have cash to buy it out outright, so I thought maybe the trade in two vehicles would um you know you, give me a better uh yeah, but I think you're going to find out, depending on your credit rating, I think you're going to find out you could buy a car for little or no money down. So okay. don't lease it, but I think you can gotcha. probably do that. No, but no, yes, if the, yeah. Okay, if if their only way that they want a down payment, then yeah, you're going to have to do one of them in. But if well, I'm sorry, I, could, I, I meant to say I could get a better deal if, uh, if I traded into cars but didn't have a lot of other cash to put down. Okay, I think you're wrong about that. I think, um, I think you're wrong. I think you're going to get a better deal when you walk in there unencumbered. You got a good yeah. credit score, good yep. credits, um, and you're walking in and you're saying, "I want that car. How much do I write my check for?" Or well, that's what I want to finance. I think okay. you're far better off than to pound it because here's the risk. He gives you two thousand dollars and he sends it to the auction because he needs payroll money and he only gets eighteen hundred, fifteen hundred. So he took a beating on your car. So you're unencumbered when you walk in. All righty. All right. Yep. Thank thank you very much. That was a good conversation. Tom, you're up. Can I help you? Yeah, Mark. Uh, question on uh, transmission fluid. I just bought okay. a 2016 Mazda, and I like. Uh, the multi-vehicle Valvoline. Okay. And I don't know. It just says Honda and multiple vehicles, and I'm uh, overwhelmed with the LV and the NV, and can you put some okay. light on that for me? It's, yeah, you can call the dealer parts department and just give them your VIN and say, what kind of transmission do I have when you have that piece of paper in front of you? Um, okay. Most good transmission shops will be able to tell you that. Um, which one you have. The only thing that you don't want to deviate from is if you have a CVT, a constant velocity transmission that only has one gear but a big old clutch on it. 
you don't want to deviate from the OEM fluid because nobody wants the responsibility. So Valvoline and Havoline and Chevron and all those people, we don't want to make an oil for that piece of crap transmission. So we're not yeah. making a go. You go, but you should know too that the the that's got an intergraph bottle probably came from one of the four big guys that makes oil. So it, yeah, it, there's no it, such thing as proprietor. Yeah, it's yeah, got the six can, feet in it. It doesn't have the CVT. I know that CVT is a just totally different animal. Okay, <laughs> we'll call Phil over to Atlantic Transmission Exchange. And um, if you run into a problem, I want you to send me your VIN number, mark at marksalem.com, mark at marksalem.com. Send me your VIN. I know a wholesale guy. He doesn't take calls, but he will. And if you give me your VIN and give me the description in an email, then I'll call my guy, and he'll be able to tell me unequivocally what you've got. And then you're doing the right thing, though. You're looking at specifications for the multi-vehicle fluids. And if it's in there, Vaveline indemnifies the shop, and that says, Mark Salem, if you put our product in the transmission, and they, they say that your product failed, the transmission failed, we step in front of you. So you're not going to get sued. You could get sued, but we're going to step in front of you, and we're going to defend you. That's called indemnification. I can't spell okay. it, but I can say it. So, all righty. <laughs> all right. Thank you. You betcha. Doug, you're up next. How can I help you, Doug? Hey, good morning. I have a 07 Chevy Silverado, three-quarter ton, and I'll come outside and uh, see my truck and the, the rear tail light, the top bulb will be on. And it's intermittent, but it'll I'll get I'll come out and find it on one day, next day it's off. Any okay. ideas? I've replaced the battery. Well, we I thought to... maybe the battery was weak and it was recycling something. The... No. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. Um, first thing we have to do is identify what the bulb is. Is it a running light? Is it a tail light? Is it a reverse light? Is it a turn signal? Because brake and turn signal are the same filament. So, what is that light? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the running light. Okay, so it's it not doesn't the, change the intensity. Okay, all right. You well, know what? I, there's I some didn't kind of research that. That's okay. That's okay. Just um, get your wife to get in the truck and hit the brakes. Okay, honey, good. Turn on left turn. And catch your foot off the brake. Turn on left turn. Turn on right turn. And then take your foot completely off the brake. Turn off the turn signals and turn on the park lights, and you'll figure it out real quick. Um, Silverados have had problems with sockets, and sometimes the socket is bad, and most of the time it makes the light not work. But it depends. If it's a two-filament light, it could easily be some kind of a transfer of electricity. But to be perfectly honest with you, what I would do is I would swap the bulb from one side to the other, and then if the socket... Both sides will be on. Oh, both sides are on. And the, the light... Yeah, both sides are on, the truck's sitting, and I'll come out there and the, the light's on for some reason. Okay. Both sides. All right. Now, because I don't know which, if it's a park light, let's assume it's a park light. Then you need to walk around the front and see if the park lights are on in the front. Yeah, I didn't notice because anything that circuit. in the front, but I, I, I'd have to look closer. Okay, because the okay. park lights are going to do all four corners, and they're going to do the corners both forward-facing and to the outside. So you have those kinds of issues because you you don't just have two park fronts two front parks you got four you got two facing the front and then you got one behind the headlight that faces the passenger side and the driver side and it's the same in the back 
But if you have other spark lights on, then it has to be a switch problem. And I don't know why you haven't had a, be- a dead battery, but, but it has to be a switch problem. Now, the lights are on, okay? Uh, get in the truck and get somebody to help you and watch and see what happens. Now, I would take the light switch and I would rough house the lights. Well, first of all, I'd turn it slowly. It's probably in the off position or in the auto position. So I'm just going to turn it left a little bit and listen, 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 nothing. Right a little bit. Hey, they went off. Oh, okay. So my messing with the headlight switch, I got the lights to go off. So a couple more of those tests, and you go back and forth with the switch, and then the light goes on or off. Bingo. It's a switch. You're done. Okay. Getting it out of there is another story, but you're done. Okay? All righty. Appreciate it. All right. Good luck to you. Um, it's difficult to get the headlight switch out of most cars because you have to reach around behind the dash and there's a certain button you have to push and that way you can pull the knob out first and then you can get the switch out the back and usually they don't give you much room to work and that's the reason why I made that comment. Alrighty, so when we talk about Strictly Diesel, we're talking about a shop that really focuses on diesel. Strictly Diesel is I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. They've been around a very long time. They are die-hard diesel people. They service, repair, and they sell parts. So you can go on their website. They've got lots of parts for sale. So if you're interested in a cold air kit and you want to look at all the options, then Strictly Diesel might be someplace that you stop by. So they're really... In, they're really really good at diagnosing because this is this is what car repair is all about talk to the customer diagnose the concern bid the concern fix the concern and come in under your estimate and then drive the car and verify the symptoms gone so it's like a five or six step process and they're good at that so that's strictly diesel and they work on both foreign and domestic light diesel trucks and they're again it's i-17 and pinnacle peak road and they're really really good guys when it comes to car repair issues, the, the most important thing to do, and guys have a tough time with this, but not necessarily ladies, is symptoms. Just symptoms. Don't tell them you think it's the master cylinder. Don't tell them you think that it's the headlight switch. Don't tell them that. Give them the symptoms. Now, you also say to them, what's your checkout fee? And most of us will give you a range. And, and then you hold them to the range. Okay, Mark, I hear you saying between 75 and $100, right? Yes, that's what you hear me saying. Okay, good. Now, you have to trust your shop that it's, when he fixes it at $65, he's going, to bid you, he's going to bill you at $65. But the range is there because we don't know the answer. Now, when we're checking a problem down, it's going to be $100 to find it. And I'm using stupid numbers here. $100 to find it and a buck to fix it. Or $100 to find it and 200 to fix it. So it's a it's a two-part process. We have to find it first, and then we have to bid the repair. And then if we're really good, we do the repair, and then we verify the symptoms gone so that you don't have to call us back and say, Mark, I got the same symptom. So those are the kinds of things. The best car repair shops list is at MarkSalem.com. It has the very best car repair shops, and here's my promise. If you have a problem with one of my shops, and the Better Business Bureau tells them to give you money or fix your car, and they refuse, I will. And just the other day, one of my shops had a Better Business Bureau finding go against him. He delivered a $2,000 check to my shop, and I handed it to the repair shop. The other way around. The the repair shop gave me a check, and then I handed it to the customer. So the customer was made whole. But if the shop didn't pay the $2,000, I was prepared to pay the $2,000. My limit is 5 but I'm prepared to pay that. So Mark Salem 
is MarkSalem.com. Stop by there, and that has a lot of information. I'll see you next Saturday right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.